Welcome to my podcast, Today's Dream, Tomorrow's Reality. My name is Vicki Poole. I'm a life coach, health coach, and a hypnotist at The Enlightened Peach. And this podcast is all about embracing our mosaic life. And some of you may ask, what is a mosaic life? Well, it's recognizing that all the pieces of our life, the good, the bad, the indifferent, have all come together to make us who we are. Change any one thing and we are different. With that in mind, I invite you to embrace your perceived imperfections and celebrate who you are. This podcast is unedited and raw, just like life. And I am your host. And today I have a special guest with me. I will introduce her in just a moment. But if you have any ahas or questions, please leave a comment or a voice message. And remember to like, subscribe, and share. So now let's get started. 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 And I will say this lovely lady right here is one of the reasons that I am here in front of you today because um, I had been wanting to have a podcast for a very long time. And Every time I thought of it, it seemed like, oh my gosh, there's got to be, it's, it's probably this momentous thing that you have to do to create it. I didn't even try. It was like, it just seemed big. And so I was on Facebook and this is Stacy Lauren. And she had um, on her Facebook, she has a do the thing. And, and she had started a challenge that was a podcast challenge. And I thought, Okay, this is the universe saying, girl, you need to do this. So I started the challenge and I can say that she made it so simple because let's just face it, a lot of times what happens is we start, but all we're looking at is at the end and we feel like we don't know any of the steps that get to that end. And I can only speak for myself. That's when I say, "Eh, I'll do this another time. And um, so she made each step and these challenges that she gave us to create and to just start. That was the thing. Just start the thing. And I mean, I, I, I am so eternally grateful for you because this has been almost feel like it's my baby. And I had one coach that I'll tell you, a business coach that told me I needed to let that go so that I could focus on my coaching business. And I said, well, wait a minute now. I feel like this is part of my self-care because I love to talk and I love to find different interviews, different people that I can share their story. And so it's my self-care. Did you ever think somebody would tell you that you help them make their self-care? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so go I ahead actually, and tell us how you started. Yeah. I have to just say first, I love the way that you worded that because I feel like it is this like really intimate moment that you get to have with someone and this genuine connection that you sometimes can't even get in the real world, right? Because right. you're able to like have this time and space of intention of a conversation and talk about the thing that you love and the thing they love. So it creates this like really magical space for, for both of you. Yeah. Yeah. So my coach just had to say, okay, (laughs) (laughs) that's so good. So how I started was I was, um, had just exited my business. I owned a staffing company for 20 years and I'm like, what am I going to do now? (laughs) I just had like 20 years of my life, you know, like sucked into this thing, like hundred percent, right. You know, constantly on my phone, having to manage things and people and all of this stuff. And then 
I just had decided that I was going to write a book. And so I started the process of writing the book and I talked to a book strategist and the book strategist was like kind of getting at my um, deeper passion for like what got me to be interested. So originally I was going to do a sales book. And then, cause I love sales. Sales is my background. I've done door to door sales. I've done business to business sales with my staffing company. We did sales and that's how I was able to do a lot of things. Cause I understood that mindset of law of averages and rejection and setting goals. And, um, then I was also, as the process that I was writing the book, I started dating <laughs> and I realized that those skills that I learned during sales applied to dating, like dealing with rejection, being positive, um, setting goals, you know, not like getting sucked into something without making a change. And so that's when I was like in my mastermind, I'm in a business mastermind. And all of a sudden I'm like, I just want to teach people to do the thing. And it came out and I listened to the recording and I'm like, do the thing. That's what I want my book to be. So it went from a sales book to do the thing in that moment. And then I texted the book strategist and she was like talking to me about how I've done the thing. And at the time, like, she's like, I need your, you know, the hero's story, your hero's journey. She's like, mm -hmm. I need all the bad stuff when you didn't do the thing. You know, when did things not go right? And at the time, like, I couldn't remember any of that stuff, you know, and, and it we just, blocked that shit out, right? <laughs> exactly. I couldn't tap in. I only remembered the good parts of me doing the thing. Yeah. And so she's like, well, you know what? You're going to have to interview people then. If in order for this to be a good book, you have to interview other people to find out how they did the thing and at least find out where they struggled. <laughs> and so that's when I'm like, well, if I'm going to interview people, I might as well start a podcast, not even start a podcast, but record their conversation. So in case mm -hmm. I ever wanted to use it for a podcast, I could. And then that's when pretty much it started. I met the founder of the podcast platform that I was on, Adam. We talked about him a lot and that he helped me break through some of my thinking about podcasting in general. And then from the podcast, was then when I, I dissected a formula for how people do the thing, because I got to interview people over and over again, I started to see these common patterns and then found a formula. And then I wanted to test the formula into a challenge. And so that's when pretty much the do the thing challenges were born was through uh, me dissecting the formula and then wanting to test it. And so that's kind of where I am now is I'm just having so much fun basically running these challenges and helping people do the things they want, whether it's dating or starting a podcast or going live or finding their voice, starting a book. I've done all these different challenges to help people. And I have many more kind of exciting things kind of in the works too. Yeah. Well, so when did you start? Cause I've seen you, you're doing the street interviews. Is that, oh. did you do that before the podcast or was that part of the podcast? No, that's so funny that you just asked that because I uh, was already doing the podcast and then I was, so during the dating challenge, Adam was an, Adam, the founder of the podcast platform, he was an expert on the panel for the challenge. And he had given a dare to the challenge participants to start their own podcast. That was his dare. He's like, mm -hmm. oh, that's a great way to date, right? Is to go up to someone and say, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And so I gave that as a bonus dare during my first challenge and they had said, um, no way, like there's no way that was like too far outside of their comfort zone. So yeah. I dropped it and I let it go until I did my second dating challenge. Someone had listened to that episode and they were like, Hey, I'm interested. I want to start a podcast. And so that's when I decided to, um, get people together and like kind of help people start podcasts. And then I decided to create a whole challenge for it. 
this is not the one you were in because what happened was I was like kind of obsessed with the idea of everyone doing the start a podcast challenge so much that I'm talking to my dating community about it and they wouldn't come like the, the podcast, (laughs) like the name podcast was like too much, like outside of their comfort zone to do it. And I'm on this trip with my daughter. We're in Europe. And I don't even know what happened, but we started doing street interviews. I think I just wanted to start talking to people, you know, about how they do the thing. And it was, um, oh, I remember now. Sorry, this is how I love this, Vicky, because this is how it works, right? Like you don't remember things and then you start speaking things out loud and it's like, oh no, this is how it works. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Now I'm going to sound all over the place because at the same time, I'm also working on a quiz. I'm like working on this quiz, which you'll see at some point. I'm still working on it, but it's like, what is stopping you from doing the thing? And then- that was when um, that was when I was trying to decide a lot of people don't understand what doing the thing is unless mm-hmm. you explain it. And so I then tested the question out on different people on the street without recording. I was like, hey, if I asked you the question, what's stopping you from doing the thing? Would that make sense? And they're like, what's the thing? <laughs> and then I then changed it to what's stopping you from doing the thing you want. And then yeah. that worked. And mm-hmm. so then I was like, oh, it'd be cool to just talk to people on the street like that and record. And so that's what happened. I'm in Europe. And that's when I told my daughter my idea. And she was like, yeah, sure. So we're interviewing people on the street, you know, in front of the Eiffel Tower. And we go to London and go to Trafalgar Square, like all these different places. And it was like really fun. We ended up going to New York and we did it there too. But going back to the podcast challenge, this is when I was still scheduled to start the podcast challenge. It was in January. Because I think the one you did was in April, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be, it was already set. All the assets were done. Everything's ready. And then, but I felt like a yearning for the single people, you know, to like be able to get the growth that I get from the podcast. And, um, and then all of a sudden I realized through the street interviews that it wasn't about the podcast. It was about finding their voice. And so I, um, I, I, told the people that were helping me with the challenge, I can't do this podcast challenge right now. I have to be able to help the other people that want to, that the word podcast is like throwing them off. And I want to help people find their voice. And so by me doing the find your voice challenge instead in January, and then postponing the podcast challenge to April, I learned a lot. And I think that's why the challenge was so good because I learned how to help people find their voice you know, and then eventually start a podcast. So it was like this mixture of the two, which was really exciting. It was almost like by me wanting to help people that weren't ready yet, it got me to tap in deeper into what I wanted to do, which then helped so many more people in the end. Mm -hmm. All right. So I got a question for you. Going back to when you were, you were working your, um, your business that you had. So while you were doing that, did you almost do the same kind of thing with the people that you worked with? Well, so that's a great question. I felt kind of stifled in a way, like even though I was the CEO of this business, co-owner, the whole thing, but it was like kind of stifling because they worked for our company, you know? And while I did help some people start their own businesses, like I would encourage them to not be stuck working for a company, you know? So there were several people that started their own companies. One guy only, I did a podcast interview with him. It was great. Um, He um, he has a t-shirt, a really booming t-shirt business. Another woman started a surf instructor school and there's a few other people. I was able to do that, but the majority of people, they were like kind of stuck working for Mm -hmm. our company. And so, and there was only so much I could do with jobs, you know? And so 
Um, I did in a way, but I also had the opposite effect where I would also see these patterns that would get in their way of like why they didn't want to take the promotion. And I think this is where the inspiration of the original book, the sales book came from, because Mm -hmm. some people would say they wanted to make more money. And then I would say, oh, just do the sales job. You can make more money doing a sales job because then you can get paid commission. And they're like, oh, I could never do sales. You know, that's just not what I do. And it's because they like had such a closed mind. They couldn't get past the idea that sales is not sales. Right. (laughs) It's just like consulting with someone and finding out how you can help them and then showing them how the thing you have helps them overcome the thing that they need, you know? And so it had to break down the wall of what selling was. And then obviously, but don't you think that that's kind of what happens to us in everything? We have these walls built up from our perception of what something is. So they've probably had so many sleazy salesmen because they are out there that, you know, came up to them and made them try, tried to make them feel guilty. And, and maybe they bit into that and ended up spending money that they didn't have to spend and all those things. So in their mind, the person that they don't want to be is that. And so they don't see how they can be separate from that. Do you think that's hundred percent? Yeah, definitely do. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because I, I love sales, but I can't even be around the skincare people when they're like passing out the samples because uh. they like pull you in so good. And <laughs> then they like are so good at the manipulation. You know, no, I'm saying this for everyone, just say this. <laughs> but the ones that I've run into, I can't even stop, you know. But then yeah, on the yeah. other side, I get annoyed at the people when I stop at the real estate because they have the signs and they like show the money amounts that the houses are. And if they don't ask for my number, I'm like, why did they ask for my number? You know, like I am an investor in real estate. Like I could like buy your property. And so it's just funny having that like sales mindset, how I do, like, I love being sold, but I don't like being sold in a manipulative way. And so I agree though, people will, they'll make a story about it and generalize, which is actually what I pretty much have been talking about in the singles group with one of the dares was what are the superficial boxes like that you can release during the challenge? Because so many people, they put up these walls because like they had this experience before. So then they'll like stereotype everything based on that one thing that happened to them. Mm -hmm. And they will make judgments based on that. And I think it's really similar to what you're saying with what happens with has someone having a bad sales experience, they'll generalize it with everyone is a bad, like this must mean everyone is not good if they're a salesperson. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely get that. Um, and so it's funny to me, I didn't do the the singles challenge with you when you, uh, as you were doing it this time. And part of it's because I had so many things on my plate that it was like, okay, I've got to make myself, you know, stick to these things and quit branching out so much that I feel like I'm a scattered, you know? So, yes. um, because I'm one of those people, I don't know if you're this way or not, but it's like the shiny object shiny, syndrome shiny. kind of thing. I, it's like, I want to learn and I want to be and do so much that if somebody even mentions, you know, there's this challenge, this workshop coming up, and it's something that I would love to do or or learn, it's like, I'll pop, oh yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. And then before you know it, I have no time left for anything. And so I've really had to rein it in a little bit with that. So I definitely think, now I'm not promising, but I definitely think that um, I'll do one in the future because I've been single, I'll just share. I've been single for, let's see, my daughter is 26 years that it's been since I got divorced. 
Um, and we were, um, he and I were divorced for like three years. And then we decided that we were going to reconnect and mm -hmm. we were dating and trying to work things out. And then he passed away of a massive heart attack. Mm -hmm. So then I felt guilty if, because the only reason we didn't get married again was because I kept saying, you know, we're the same people. We can't do this to the kids a second time. We've got to work through our stuff before mm -hmm. we do this. Because when we're not married, we get along great. But put us married and having to deal with everything, not so much. And um, so then I had this guilt thing for several years. And, you know, and I did date a lot, but it was like some of the, I have got some stories to tell you. I'm telling you my, I want some of my salon clients loved when I was dating a lot, especially when I was doing the online dating and everything, because every time they came in, I had another story about some experience that I had had doing this dating thing. And so once I got where I decided I just right then it was like, I'm not even going to date at all right now. I just want to be me do the things that I want to do. And I've been doing yeah. that for several years now. And so then I get to the place where I'm so happy with me and my time and doing the thing that I want to do. And I've been by myself, you know, as far as single for a very long time now. And so it almost seems impossible to make a space for someone else. You know what I mean? I totally know what you mean. And I yeah. think that's one of the things I really try to help people with, like during the challenge. Um, it's like, we have this perception of with this kind of talks goes back to what you're saying about sales. We have this perception of even what a relationship needs to look like, you mm -hmm. know, and there really is no box kind of relationship. You can make it anyone that you want. So it is also true that you could be in a relationship and maybe only see the person, you know, two days a week or one days a week or one, one day a month or whatever it is, as long as it's something you guys agree on and there's good communication there. Mm -hmm. And then who knows, it could evolve from there versus that outcome of immediate, like, okay, this must be true. So I can't do that. And so that's right. just something that we kind of work on in the dating challenge. And it's really fun because it's like, so easy to like make these like bold state, you know, the black and white statements, right? Because we're building up this protection of like, my time is so important. And I get that, you know, but yeah. when you can expand it a little, at least be open, it sort of like just opens the universe to do what it wants to do with you. Right. You know? And I guess some of my issue comes from the, the, the last gentleman I dated was a great guy, was a great guy, but he wanted, and I know that, but kind of negates what I just said, but <laughs> And I guess it's, and <laughs> he wanted all of my time. It was like, he wanted, you know, to, even if you were in that, like I'd go to his house and we'd be in the house together, but he wanted me right there, you know, beside him. Um, he wanted me to meet him for lunch. He wanted, I mean, it was like, I had very little time for me. And mm -hmm. so then I would, I would say, well, you know, I need to get home. Well, I'll go with you. No, I need my time. And it was, you know, that's the kind of thing. So it really put me into this space of even valuing my time even more than I did before. Yeah. Um, so it's just one of those things. I know I'll do the challenge eventually and I'll work <laughs> through it. Um, yeah. But sometimes I think I don't want to, um, and I know we're talking way too much about this one challenge, but- yeah. <laughs> Um, sometimes I think it's that I don't want to, 
feel like I, I'm I'm going for a relationship because something's missing in my life when there's yeah. not, you know? And yeah. so that's another little per- preconceived notion that I have in my head too, another little block. Um, and I think that comes from for many years, I didn't want my own time. I wanted somebody. And I was just like that guy that I dated where I wanted all of their time. And if they didn't call me every friggin' day, I thought, oh my yeah. God, what is the matter? You know, so um, I've changed over the years and what I want and all. And so I guess the thing that I really, if I were to get in another relationship, it would have to be someone who is very comfortable with who they are. They are okay with, you know, sharing things together, but also having your separate time that you can do things and still feel like there's a connection and that it's not somebody is doing something else because they don't want to spend time with you, you know? Totally. Yeah. 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 And that last guy gave you such a gift because you got to see how in, that you are a hundred percent full and you yeah. do value your time and you value yourself. And that's actually kind of like the point of where I like to get people is like to that point where you don't need anyone in your life to make you feel whole, you already feel whole and you're already abundant in like what you're doing. But then when you get to do these things without someone being with you, you're just doing them anyway, regardless, you don't need someone to like go see a concert, you can go by yourself. And then you could invite someone if you want to. And so that's the idea is like, that person just like levels you up. It's or or like kind of adds to that level. But like, that's my whole thing I teach is like, um, when a lot of people come in, they're like, they've got holes in their bucket, right? And so like, no matter what you put in those holes, the water will keep coming out, you know? And so that's why one of the things is self-love every day, you know, and like mm-hmm. always saying what you like about yourself and regardless of the dares I give them. And just for anyone listening, that's kind of how the challenges run. I forgot to mention that <laughs> I give dares to the people that are in them and that gets them to make these like micro steps to give them the changes that they want. But anyway, and then the, once the bucket holes are filled, then everything that comes on top is basically then already up there, you know, cause when you meet someone, right. you don't want to meet someone when you're down here, right. you want to meet them. When That's the kind of higher. person you'll attract too, is <laughs> someone yeah. that is either exactly where you are or likes to manipulate people exactly yeah. where you are, you know, cause the, yeah. there's, there's two of them, um, there that gravitate towards someone who's very needy. And the thing that this gentleman really taught me was, uh, how clingy I was in previous relationships mm-hmm. that, how they even put up with me, I do not know. <laughs> um, and so it was kind of like, hmm, that's why that relationship didn't pan out. Hmm, you know, it was totally. very eye-opening to see it from the different from the other side, you know. Yeah. Because that he was really me you. many years ago. Yeah. Yeah. He really helped you learn learn about yourself. And so that's yeah. something we do too. We like kind of go through attach like learning your attachment style. So then you kind of learn what your triggers are. So Mm -hmm. when you are triggered, you're not saying like, what's wrong with me? You actually know, oh, this is my anxious because I'm an anxious attachment. And so when my anxious is activated, instead of me wondering what's happening, I'm able to like look and go, oh, okay, I need to do this now to make myself feel comfortable, you know, not waiting for someone else to do something for me. Right. And I think I can't remember (laughs) if it's John Gray or whoever the hell it is that has the book. And he one of the things he says in it is that your pickers broke. Um, so he says, it's kind of like you have the, the target and your, your arrow and your, you know, you're focused on the, the, um, the bullseye, but 
you end up going a little to the left. Um, and so you that lets you know that you need to move a little to the right. And then you may move way too far to the right. And if yeah. that happens a lot, it means your pickers broke. And so it's redefining the who you are and what you're looking for to be able to hone in on the right relationships, I guess is the way it is. But I haven't yeah. read the book in forever ago. So I'm really not even sure if it's men are from Mars, women are from Venus or what the book is. Yeah. And that is one of my my things is I read so many books and over the years and it's like, I can't remember. I have all these little tidbits of information that are in my head and I'll spout them off and say, I don't know what book it was in, but I swear, I promise it was there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And technically you're taking your version of it. So now it's yours pretty much. Yeah, and yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. claiming, you're claiming it. So yeah, I love that. And back to what you were saying earlier about the shiny penny thing. Like I've mm -hmm. had that a lot where I'm like, I love grabbing it like a bunch of different things, especially in the beginning of do the thing. Cause I was still exploring what I wanted, you know? And so now though I have clarity, you know? And so now I've been like deliberately slowing down. Like I just postponed a challenge, you know, cause I'm like, okay, I need more time to focus on this one thing before I go mm -hmm. start another thing, you know? And so now I'm, and the community is great and they all, you guys all like get it, you know, when that happens, but I have so much clarity now. So I'm having to do what you do now and like, okay, no, I can't do this other thing yeah, because I need to focus on this. And that's been, um, it's been really cool to also have the clarity to not have the shiny penny thing. So I think it's great that you mentioned that you're able to say no to things and have that self-control because it is so easy to want to do everything, especially when you're excited about it. Yes. And I'm sure you're probably like me. I get bombarded with emails and messages all the time about these different things that you're invited to do. And, um, and I, I will say that, um, just recently, I had signed on with a new business coach. And once I signed on with the business coach, all of a sudden, uh, I had signed up for two challenges that ended up being at the exact same time. Mm. One of them I had to, I got part of the way through and I ended up saying, you know, I think my my time is better suited over here. So I'm going to let that one go. And I'll tell you, that was one of the hardest things I did. Mm. And because, um, and I've shared with this with someone, I don't even know uh, if it was in a group I was in or, or on a podcast, I don't even remember. But when I divorced my first husband, I had, I was in college when we met and I quit college to get married. And then um, I started art school. I started going to college again. I did a lot of different things, but none of them did I finish. I, it was like something would happen and I would walk away from it. And so the one thing that he said when we went to court that never left me was that I don't finish anything. And that was, now this was my first husband. So th over 35 years ago. Mm -hmm. And when it came time to decide that I'm going to not do this, finish this program, the first thing I thought is, oh my God, she's going to think I'm such a flake. She's going to think, you know, these things about me that mm -hmm. he said were true. And then I thought, well, she don't know what the hell he said, you know, and there's a whole bunch of people yeah. in the group and it is normal in a group setting that periodically people go away. And so I thought, am I doing something so that I don't 
have her say something bad about me? Or is it I'm afraid I'm going to hurt her feelings? And then whose feelings am I hurting? Mine, because I'm stretched too far. And so I was able to take that moment and kind of go through it a little bit. And, you know, and which is something that I help my clients with, you know, but it's like, I say all the time, you know, it's easy to help someone else because when we're in it, we can't see our own shit. You know, it's like, we, we experience things, but on the inside, we're not, we're not seeing it completely. And so that's one of the things that I was really glad that I was able to do that. There's so much in what you just said that I love. I just like, so the one, one thing, one thing is, um, I think it's also, um, I'm in another coaching program where the, um, the guy talks a lot about how to manage anger and how to have good communication with your family. But I also see that he has a, um, like an angry side and like, and so the only reason why he's able to coach on the anger and how to manage anger is because he deals with it constantly and he's having to fight himself. And then for me, like I've managed like depression and like, sometimes it's hard. I'm like, literally it's like painful for me to get off my couch. Like if I'm in a slug kind of mood is what I call it, you know, and I have to like force myself. Like I do a lot of stuff. I do improv. I do comedy. I do the street interviews. I do podcasts, but sometimes like, I don't want to do anything, you know, but then I force myself to get out, but it's because and I've, and I have social anxiety a little, like with groups, you know, I'm an introvert. And so, but that's why I'm able to help people because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm constantly fighting that. And so I know how it takes for me. And I know it's always good on the outside. It's just like, if you don't want to work out and then you work out, you feel better. It's the same thing. If I don't want to go to improv and then I go to improv, I'm great, but it's like, it's so painful to get up, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but it's because I have that experience and that feeling that's why I'm able to help people. Cause I get it. I like literally can see in their mind. Cause it's me, you know? Right. <laughs> I've just tapped into how I, how you can do it. Whereas most people then will get paralyzed and mm-hmm. not do it, you know? And right. so it's just that fine line of like, this is how you actually take that leap. And so anyway, pointing out is like the fact that you do struggle with some of that stuff. It's because that's how you're able to help everyone. Cause you've gone through it too, you know? Yeah, true. And that's what I talk about a lot with that lived experience. That's how we have, we have this lived experience and that's our certificate. Yes. (laughs) Because we've like gotten to the other side of it. Yeah. So where do you see, I know you've got a challenge coming up or maybe you've, because I think it was, I think you might've postponed it. Um, The um, the, the party um, one. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, and I want, there was one more thing I wanted to say, if you mind about the other thing you, the other thing you said that I just remembered as you were asking me this, I also really speak a lot to not doing the thing is doing the thing because by doing what you said, where like, it's so easy to do something because you're scared of disappointing someone or because you think that's what they expect of you or because you're scared to not do it and to actually not do the thing to me is also doing the thing. So that's why I interview people who have quit jobs Um, after being there for 20 years, you know, Mm -hmm. or they've like exited a business or they've made a decision not to do something because I think a lot of people will get stuck or stay in a bad relationship. You know, they'll get stuck in that thing because they're scared of what's on the other side. And so those are also people that I like to help because I think that's a huge thing when you can stop something that, and just, cause then you have that opportunity cost that you're going to get for whatever that new thing is that right. you're going to do. And, you know, when you're saying that, it makes me think one of the, um, you know, people staying in jobs or staying in relationships and that kind of thing. One of the 
the phrases I've I heard, you know, I'm raised in the South, so this may only be a Southern phrase. I do not know. But um, I used to hear all the time, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes it's like, and I had the impression for many, many years because of that is no matter how uncomfortable something was, it was really hard to change because what if you changed and then realized that one was the good one, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so isn't that a kind of a very damaging phrase, but I've yes. heard it my whole life. Is it yeah. a Southern thing? <laughs> I think, I think it is, but I've okay. heard, I know the, like the, without the saying, I exactly, I know exactly what you're saying. You know, yeah. it happens yeah. to people a lot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's amazing. Um, that's, that's one of the things that I talk with people too about is why we believe a lot of the things we believe. What was the, the thing that you were told, you know, when you were young and, um, and I'll just share this, and this is probably something that you've probably heard before, but I share it a lot to, um, emphasize this thing of why we do certain things or what we believe. Um, and, um, there was a, a woman who um, on her at her Thanksgiving dinner, it was the first time she was going to be preparing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she knew how her mother prepared it every year. And so she knew that they took the ham and they cut it in half and they put it in two separate pans. And so she was thinking about it and she thought, well, let me just ask mom, why in the world does she do it that way? So she called her mom and her mom said, well, you know, I really don't know. That's the way grandma did it. And so, you know, they go and they talk to grandma and come to find out. And the only reason that that happened and they had been doing it for all this time um, is because when she first got married and did her first Thanksgiving, she only had a pan big enough to hold half the ham. So she cut it in half and that's the way she prepared it. So everybody had been following suit, the whole family for year after year after year, which, and the only started because she didn't have a pen big enough. And so I always ask people, so where in your life are you following something that you think is fact and it's a truth? And this is just the way people do it. Cause I've heard that many, many times. And maybe it's simple as, they didn't have a pan big enough to hold the ham and they cut it in half. Wow. You know, it's so true because like so many of us live on autopilot, right? Mm-hmm. And just going through the motions of life and having the same thing over and over again. Um, and and then until something drastic happens, you know, I mean, there's the feather, there's the brick, and then there's the semi-truck. But for the most part, you need the semi-truck for something to change, you know? Right. Divorced, right. widowed um, death, you know, like there's something that happens and then that's when you finally can get off autopilot, but wouldn't it be great if you don't need to have that, right. My truck and you, you could do it just cause you wanted to not because you want some to. catastrophe has happened and made you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree. And so that kind of brings us back to your question before, which is, um, so what I'm really working on now is I have a finer voice challenge that the one that I did in January, which will kind of happen by accident. Um, because I was going to do the podcast challenge. And that's when I realized, no, I could just have them find their voice first. Cause that way mm-hmm. I could get the singles people that weren't wanting to start a podcast. And so I had decided to monetize, do the thing. I think it's been like four months ago. And um, because I was, I was actually, when I exited my business, I was writing the book, the podcast came, the community came, but everything's really just been research for my book. So everything was free essentially. 
And so it was just me learning, understanding what got people to move, how to get them to make the changes they wanted. And, um, and then at the same time, I'm exploring other businesses on the side. Like I started this e-commerce brand. It's called Kitchen Pixie. It is out there and it's kind of going. It's called what? Kitchen Pixie. What is that? <laughs> it's like, I have a baking, like it's like a, it's for empty nesters. It's like a baking dishes that go into an oven, but they're smaller. So it's, oh, uh, okay. it's, so it's like a better- one one person yeah, one, or two person yeah. thing. Okay. But my exciting, my exciting product, you'll hear more about it. I'm doing these like really cool sprays that you'll be able to either wipe your counters with. And it has this like luxurious smell that kind of just brightens your day, gives you the magic in the kitchen, or you could use it as air freshener, or you could even spray it on yourself for perfume. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I'm working <laughs> on that. But so I have this kitchen brand and I was also exploring other things like um, an alcohol brand. What else was I exploring? Retreats, you know, like all these different things. And I'm still doing the podcast because like you said, that was my self-care. I just didn't put it that way until you said it. That was my fun, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I'm just playing with the podcast. I'm playing with the challenges. And the book was my thing that I was like working on, but I wasn't thinking of monetizing it. I had those other businesses as my like thing. And then all of a sudden I realized wait a minute, <laughs> do the thing is like everything. It's like, I could do retreats. I could do the alcohol. The thing with the alcohol was really the connection point. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't about the alcohol it was about doing these icebreaker cards and getting people connected. And so I was dating too. I wanted to do a dating app. So anyway, it's all this stuff that I've been like wanting and it all, I realized it all umbrellaed under do the thing. So anyway, so my first thing I monetized was, um, I decided after the start of podcast challenge, there were so many people that wanted to start podcasts, but they just like felt behind in the challenge. So they never started, you know? And so I'm like, great, let me just create a quick little product. I'll do a one day intensive 200 bucks and help people that wanted to start podcasts that couldn't participate in the challenge do that. And I did that. It was so fun. We had like eight people come, um, a few people that had participated in the podcast challenge, but they got in their way you know, and Mm -hmm. had like the imposter syndrome and the perfection. And so the intensive helped them break through that. And then some other people that hadn't even been exposed to do the thing, they started their podcast. So that was like really exciting. And then, um, and then I just realized like, I wanted to be able to like do something that could help more people. So that's when I decided to switch find your voice to an on-demand challenge. And I just launched it, um, actually yesterday to the singles group in a celebration, um, thing. And so, uh, pretty much that's my first like legitimate, not legitimate because the podcast one was a product, but that was more of a live thing. The find your voice is like on demand. And so we're doing the first challenge for that September 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, which is um, my birthday, by the way, oh, anybody that's, that's interested, <laughs> I will never forget your birthday. Cause that's my daughter's birthday too. Okay, so. all right, good. Yeah. She must be a wonderful human. She is amazing. She's incredible. And so, um, yeah, so I'm I'm doing that and then, um, yeah, it's exciting because it's 17 days and I just did a beta before I launched it. I did a beta with 20 people and it went just as good as the live challenge. Um, and so it's just going to be extraordinary and it's such an amazing way. This goes back to what you were saying to tap into your own desires and what you want and to like, be able to really reflect on, like your own, like without living on autopilot. That's exactly, right. I put that in the slide actually is stop living on autopilot, you know, stop people pleasing, you know, and that's what find your voice does. It gets you to finally focus on like your own needs. And the other thing it does is, um, it gets you to learn how to even express your emotions, you know, like mm-hmm. from what's coming inside of you. I used to be one of those people actually pursuing my daughter. She used to say, um, the one thing she didn't like about me was I was too positive. And at the time I kind of <laughs> laughed about it. Right. 
Mm-hmm. But what I didn't realize what she meant was through therapy and stuff, I realized what she meant was I would say like one thing, like I'd be positive, but, sh- but I wasn't right. Like it was like through the divorce with her dad and like, I was unhappy, but I'm like saying everything's great, you know? Um, Cause she never heard the fighting or anything, but it was like me saying opposite of what I was feeling. So my, my feelings weren't congruent, you know, with right. like, or aligned. And people can and so tell she, usually. And she could tell. So then she's thinking she's crazy, you know, cause she's like, I'm feeling like something's off, but you're not telling me anything's off, you know? And so anyway, and I was just kind of like that. I never was negative. I wouldn't say anything bad. I would always think of the positive, you know? And while I am a very positive person, I've learned now to process my emotions. And so I've actually, I teach this through the finer voice challenge through a dare that I have people do, and it helps you process your emotions. Um, so you could feel them before you move on. And so mm-hmm. anyway, it's a really extraordinary challenge and I'm really excited about it. And, um, that's, so that's happening. And then I have the party challenge. I decided to postpone it. That's a two hour cocktail party, mm-hmm. um, which is really fun. And that's going to be September. I think it's 23rd or something like that. And then I, I postponed the bucket list challenge, which I'm also really excited about, but I actually decided to postpone that till January. I was originally going to do that in October. And so it's good because it gives me more time and space because I do want to figure out my best way to monetize, but I have to, when I monetize it, I want to make sure it's coming from like me. Like, I don't want it to be like, I had that staffing company. It was always, I always had to focus on like money and revenue and profit. And like, I don't want to do that with you. The thing, this is more my playground to like have fun Mm -hmm. and really get to help people and impact in a way that's not about the money. And so that's what I'm making sure I have to be really aligned. It has to feel really good for me to want to do it, if that makes sense. So that's been really kind of important for me. Well, just to put a bug in your ear, um, I would really, I never was able to take advantage of your startup write a book challenge. Um, and so the, since the podcast challenge has been so good for me, um, you know, I have about mm, five or six different notebooks with books in them, um, that, you know, where I start and then I lose interest, I go away and then I come back. And then I always have in the back of my mind, I'll, I'll be in doing something and I'll think, Ooh, that would be a great book. And I even told one of my podcast guests that I was thinking maybe I'd write a book about all my podcast guests. I mean, you know, there's, there's so many different ideas that come and then they, you know, so totally. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause um, Anne Marie in the group, she mentioned that too, on the 200th celebration, she was like, I'm interested in that. So, you know, when you hear something, I have to really listen. And then the other thing that comes to mind from that is the company that's helping me with my book. Cause remember this all started from the book and the book's not out yet. <laughs> and so the company that was helping me, um, they actually dissolved or they get bought out or something. So the author contracts are now dissipated, um, which is like really annoying. <laughs> and so now I'm figuring out how I'm going to do the book. So what I decided though, that's my do the thing formula book, which really shows the formula. Can you hear the thunder? It. There's a storm. Oh, no. oh okay. I all don't right, good. No. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's great about all this stuff that yeah, we, this tech yeah. stuff um but yeah it was so the the book is the do the thing formula book which that's like a real deal like book but I'm like you know what I'm gonna like figure that out and that's separate but like I have a podcast with 200 episodes on it I'm gonna pull out people's biggest piece of advice on doing the thing and then basically aggregate that into a book and then I'm just gonna put that book out you know so I'm yeah. in the process of figuring that out right now yeah. and so this will be timed I think with me doing it 
And then I think you're right. Like it's really great, especially for the people that started podcasts, because it's such an easy way to just pull the content from these interviews that you're having. And then you're honoring the people that you've interviewed by having them be featured in a book, you know? Right. And the reason, one of the reasons I was thinking about that is because as a, as a coach, I was asked to be part of a book with several, with other coaches. And so we each wrote a part of our story in a chapter. Mm -hmm. So I had a chapter in this book and the same thing happened with that company is that the publishing company kind of went out. So the only books that you can get are the ones that I have left because they're, you know, it's not out there anymore. Um, so I have about 10 books left, you know, that I, then I was selling them and everything. And so for some reason now I'm just kind of hanging on to those five books. And so I was really thinking that maybe at some point I would give them as gifts to people that become coaching clients or something. I don't know, but, um, but I, it's, it's really interesting that as I was doing these podcasts and I was hearing these amazing stories and some of the people have written books but a lot of them have not. Yeah. And so it's like being able to share a little bit of their story in this pod, in this book, you know, I, I you know, it, it, yeah. and like I said, I just said, it just blurted it out on one of my podcasts. And I thought, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> Isn't that great? That's what I love about a podcast is like, you're talking kind of like what happened earlier. I forgot where those connection dots, you know, happen. Mm-hmm. And while someone listening might be like, Oh my God, you know, like <laughs> it's like, it provided a lot of clarity for me. I'm I, like, I oh, do that right. all the time when I'm telling a story too. I'll say, wait a minute. No, no, let me back up. <laughs> Well, and it's real, right? You know, I think people, I think to me, it shows people like anyone can really like, we can all do this. And it's just having this like fun conversation. And then you get to learn something. And like now all of a sudden I'm remembering, oh, that's actually how the street interview started. I forgot about that. You know, it's kind of (laughs) cool. But if we weren't talking out loud, you know, then we wouldn't know that's true, you know? Yeah. See, I think one of the reasons I enjoy the podcast so much is because, and I've heard a lot of them and some people are a lot more polished and they actually have interview questions and everything. And I've been a guest on podcasts before where they sent me the questions ahead of time so that I would know what they were going to ask and have it all ready and everything. But I even tell people because a lot of times, if it, especially if it's somebody I don't know much about, I will have like mm-hmm. a little pre-interview with them so we can kind of get our story straight as far as what we expect from each other. And and I'll tell them, you know, as they start telling me the story, now don't tell me too much because I want to be able to ask questions in the moment because I'm wanting to discover at the same time that everybody else is discovering. Ooh. And so that feels good to me. You know, yeah, I love the way you just said that I want to discover while everyone else is discovering because that's so new. Right. And that's how the curiosity is able to help you kind of lead into that um, synergy that you end up having with the guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely fun. So other than I know you've got so many irons in the fire still and you've got some challenges coming up. And so what do you feel, have you got a projected thing that you want the this to become? Yeah, I, it's not clear yet, so I'm not doing it yet, but I, I, I don't know if membership's the right word, um, but some kind of monthly thing where people will pay and they get access. Cause I have a lot of experts, you know, that I've access to. And now, like, I mean, with you, right? Like you and so many of the people, Madeline in the group and the community, Anne-Marie, Nikki Kush, like there's so many community members, like being able to highlight people and have them have their, 
voice heard too in this membership, like with all these rising, you know, like the people that like have these amazing businesses, coaching opportunities, leadership. It's like, there's just so much, um, I keep telling people like, it's like, it's just this like space that I've, that created that brings, it's all about the people though, in the community, you know, mm -hmm. that is what elevates it to where it is. So the membership would be something where it's like all of us being able to like, you know, speak. So anyway, there's something, there's something there. I just don't have it clear. Although I do have an idea of, um, cause the challenges they're not sustainable, like to have as many as I do, I think like two a year is more appropriate. So then mm -hmm. you don't get burnt out, you know, on it like me either, right. <laughs> you know, but also the person. Um, so I think like kind of lessening the challenges, but then maybe doing like a, a dare a week. Um, so then people can still like expand their comfort zone, um, that way. And then maybe doing some kind of like zoom. So there's a few ideas that I have, but then my long-term idea, since I'm saying it out loud, I might as well go here with you. No, I wanna, go for it. <laughs> I want to help people get financial freedom. And I don't know what way that is yet, but like there's, it's liberating when you no longer have to burn your mental energy on how you're going to like pay your bills. So I want right. people to be able to do that, but I can't just be there. I have to help them with the confidence first. Mm -hmm. you know, through these micro steps of change. Right. And then it's over time, it compounds. So then it's like, oh, okay, I just started my podcast. Well, now why don't I just start my business now? Why don't I just this, right. you know, and even right. for me, like this was the first time, well, I think with the podcast challenge, I sold the podcast intensive, you know, but no one bought that day, like when I sold, cause I didn't do it in a way, like it was like really soft, you know? And so, um, and it was the emails after was how they ended up buying it, you know, with this one that I did yesterday, like a bunch of people bought the finer voice and, but I had to like, and I didn't sell it. Like it wasn't, that's what I, I didn't want it to be slimy. I wanted it to be real and I wanted it to feel good, but I had to overcome a lot to be able to even do that. Cause I had like with the podcast one, when I did that, it was like just a one little thing come join us, you know, with the find your voice. It had like six slides, you know, and you'll see if you're on tomorrow, I'm going to do it in the challenge group too, a little bit differently, okay. but I had like six slides, like selling it, you know, but mm -hmm. it's in a way that was like real. It wasn't like showing like, this is the literally what people have said, you know, it's like, I found out who I was and discovered what I want from my life. And, you know, and so it was like, that's what I had to get over was that feeling, even though I love sales, I'm not a sales person, if that makes sense. Like I love yeah. like, I'm okay getting rejected. I'm not, I'm not a hard closer. Like I'm not any of those things, but I've never sold like the way that I'm doing it now where it's like, you just speak it and then people are doing right. it that way. So anyway, yesterday was a big deal for me to overcome that. And then people actually got it. They bought it, you know, and, and it was really exciting, but anyway, point being financial freedom. And, and the way to do that is for me to get over my hangups um, of my own mindset stuff that comes up when it does, as I start to learn that I want to do new things, and then I'm going to be able to help people do it too. Right. Well, the, um, uh, what came to mind as you were saying all of that is, you know, I told you I'd, I'd gotten a new business coach and, you know, he was asking me, you know, so what are you doing to promote your, yourself? Cause you know, I'm a, I'm a health coach, a life coach and a hypnotherapist and, you know, um, and I'm a hairstylist too. So I got a, a lot of things that I'm doing. And so as I was telling him all about it, um, he said, you know, he said, he said, let me stop you. He said, so have you ever been on a long trip on the interstate and there is nothing around and all of a sudden you see this billboard as your stomach is beginning to growl and it says 
Turn here five miles down is this restaurant. The only one you're going to see for the next 10 miles. And so you get off the interstate, you go to this restaurant that's five miles out. He said, what you have right now is you have the restaurant that is five miles out and no billboard. So nobody mm. knows you're there. Nobody knows that, oh, this is exactly what I need. My stomach's growling. This is what I want. He said, nobody knows that. And he said, so you're the best kept secret as long as you do your business that way. And I thought, holy shit. You know, <laughs> he put it into such perspective wow. that I was just um, blown away with yeah. the whole thing. Um, and so, you know, it's now getting to the place where I'm learning all these different things that so that I can be out there and let people know that this is what I do so that I can help people. And I'll just share really yeah. quick, not to be morbid or anything, this gentleman that is the amazing coach. Um, I was three weeks into the program of a 12 week program. He passed away mm. just this past week. Oh my gosh. And, and it was like, all of a sudden I was like, I was thrown for a loop because it's like, I finally had this person that was speaking to me in a way that I could get what he was saying. And he was um, filling in the gaps of what I need. Um, and I think, and this is some of the things that you do. So I'm going to share this metaphor real quick. It's not really a metaphor. It's a story of something that happened to me. Um, but I had this lawnmower, it's a manual lawnmower and I couldn't get it to work. I moved into a new house, couldn't get my lawnmower to work. So I'm Googling all these different things and come to find out, it seems like it's going to be the spark plug. So I can't even find the spark plug on this stupid lawnmower. So I watched some more videos to find the spark plug. So I finally found a video where the guy opens up this case where it was hidden in there. Um, and then he talks about it, you know, make sure you get all the right numbers you get, you know, he's telling you all these mm -hmm. things. And then he shows himself holding the spark plug, but he does not show you how to get the spark plug out of the lawnmower and into your hand. I watched several videos, never could find one that it went from there to here. That's it. So I ended up having to get my neighbor to come over and come to find out I needed a special tool to even get it out. So it wouldn't like you could turn it and I knew it wasn't working. So I had to go buy the special tool. And what I'm getting at is this gentleman, his name's James. Um, he helped me to see exactly what to do. So it was to me, it was like he showed me the tool, showed me how to turn the thing and pull the thing out and voila. You know, I could put yeah. it back in. And from that point on, I'd know how to do it. Right. And that's what he was for me. And so to me, and I know this sounds silly, but that's what you are to me, mm. because you were able to show me how to get the damn spark plug out of the lawnmower. So how to get the podcast out of my mind and onto the friggin' screen. Right. Um, so I've been kind of in limbo a little bit with luckily right now, I still have the portal of all of his stuff. But the thing that that happening has really lit a fire in me because one of his goals in life was to reach so many people and help mm -hmm. them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when he passed away, there were, there were several people in our little cohort of August that, um, 
we came together and then some, he had alumni, an alumni group of people that had been through his programs. They reached out to us and said, Hey, we know you're hurting. We know, you know, you, you're kind of lost and don't know what to do. Come into our group and we'll help you. And everybody was talking about how amazing this man was and how he helped them and everything. So I even made a post. I said, I bet James had no idea the amount of impact he had had on people. And if he had been like me, because he's the one told me about the damn billboard. If he had been like me and didn't even have the billboard out, I would not have had the opportunity to learn from him. Even the short amount of time I learned was amazing. And so it made me want to have my billboard even more so that because one of my things has always been, and I don't want to cry, but it's always been that I didn't want to die without having made a big enough difference in the world. And so it was kind of like, since he went so quickly, even though he did make a huge impact, he, I don't know that he knew. And so I want to have that impact, but I want to rally the people and and learn from them so that not only do I make an impact, but I can feel and see the impact that I've made. Even if there's people that I never know, because, you know, it's a ripple effect. You know, you help one, they help somebody else, yeah. help somebody else, help somebody else. Yeah. And it's so like simple too. like, do you remember, like even Joyce, you went on a live with Joyce in the group mm-hmm. um, on Instagram. It was on, during the go live yeah. challenge. And I don't know if you noticed, she said something about it saying like, that was the moment, that, like the whole challenge, that was the moment she, and she put, maybe she put in a survey. The moment that changed everything for her was when she went on the live. Like you don't even like, there's so many little moments of these ripples that you, that we do mm-hmm. that we have no idea what it is. And right. well, I she just, did reach out to me and tell me oh, how much it meant to her, me getting on there and how much it helped her. Yeah. And, and it was like, wow, I had no idea. Yeah. And that's the point. It's like, we don't know like all these things and you're right. Like we've got, I love that visual of the billboard. We should probably put a sign on our thing (laughs) and like, literally like, like if there is no billboard, then you can't do it, you know? And so, yeah, I feel, I feel you on that. And I think that's such a beautiful way for you to remember him and, you know, honor him in that way too, because, you know, he didn't know. And then ran out of time, you know, like it's yeah. like, we, we all get to that point where that eventually that happens. And so what if we could just live that way where we know right. there's not, we don't know how much time is left and we might as well just do what we can while we're here, you know? Right. So it's definitely made a difference in my business and what I'm doing and how I'm showing up. And it, he was already making a difference before he passed, you know? Yeah. Um, And then these people in this alumni group, they've already made a difference in reaching out and talking and, and helping us all to um, digest, you know, what's happened. And if we, as we're go, we can still go through the portal. We don't know if it's paid for the month or if it's paid for the year or whatever. So it may just disappear. Um, Mm -hmm. And so one of the gentlemen that's techie, he even went in and was able to collect all the information and share it with us. So it's not going to disappear. We have it in a file now. Um, so I can continue to learn from him, but it's like such a, uh, I, and you know, things, I know things always happen the way they're supposed to, um, like mm-hmm. the way I met him and him being able to help me. And then some of the people I've met in this group, if he hadn't passed now, this is a horrible thing to say, but if he hadn't passed, I probably wouldn't even be aware of these people, 
you know, mm-hmm. until I became an alumni and was put in the group, but that doesn't mean you interact with them very much, you know? So yeah. they're even starting a mastermind now so that we can all go into a weekly mastermind to help each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, um, it's amazing. You know, he created a group of people that are, so like-minded that they're willing to help. And I I really feel like with your people that have been in the challenges that I've been in and everything, they're that way too. It's like Mm -hmm. they, they reach out because I've been on a couple of the different podcasters um, and had interviews with them and I've had some on mine and, you know, it's just like we collaborate. And so it's a beautiful thing that you've created. Um, And so I just, um, I, I want to ask you with this theme of what I've just talked about, what is it that you want to be remembered for or known for when you are no longer with us? Mm. It's funny because I've like asked myself this question before um, and I'll just start talking and see what comes. Okay. Uh, I like before I would have said kind of what you were saying, which is I don't want to seem like I'm stealing your thing. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. <laughs> but I'm so I'm gonna say it out loud and see if something else comes. But like I just like you talked about my staffing company earlier. And if I was doing the same thing, it was like so hard for me to see like it was like almost like this pain in people's eyes that just couldn't get past their story. You know, like they had this like story in their head of who they were and what they were meant to do. And that was all, they just couldn't go past it. And there was only so much I could do, you know, as the owner of that business to be able to help them do it with do the thing. It's different. I feel like I can like get at people in a different way and it's in a really simple way. And so, um, I'm able to see the change so much quicker than I've ever been able to see. And I think with every person I help and with every challenge I run and with everything that I do, even for myself, as I expand my comfort zone, I'm learning more and more and it's evolving and it's getting better and it's fine tuning and it's tweaking. And so, um, I mean, at the end of it, like when I want to remember it for is just that legacy of just like impact, you know, and being able to like, wow, you know, it's not even about me, you know, it's about the community. It's like, wow, that, that, cause this thing that I like did, it's like, it changed the way that I do life. And I don't, it goes back to that. Um, I talk about this with the Gregory Benedict. He's uh, one of the experts on do the thing challenges. He talks about um, there's a quote from Ronnie Ware who had interviewed all the people on their deathbed. And it was like, I want to do the things that like, I'm totally botching the quote, but like, it's like, I want to be remembered for the things that I like did that were coming from me, not with the, you know, not with the things that others expected of me, you know? And I want people like, I want that for me, but which I'm doing that I'm living that now. I didn't live that for so long. I want other people to be able to live with that. Like I'm not doing things to please people. I'm not doing things at a comparison. I don't have self-doubt. Like I'm able, or at least able to push past all that stuff and doing the things they want to do. So I guess that's a long answer to your question, but I want to be remembered for, um, really helping people not feel like anything stopped them, you know? And I don't even want to say like getting rid of fear because we all have fear, you know, yeah, fear's not letting, yeah, like not letting anything stop you and being able to just push through it anyway. All right. Well, I can say from having been part of uh, your group for a bit, I would say we all feel that way that, um, like I said, you were the one that helped me to know how to get the things in my head that I wanted to do out into the world. 
And um, so I, I think for me, um, not that you're going anywhere, but uh, for, for me, <laughs> um, it's like, I would say that you have been instrumental in creating an atmosphere where people can um, do things, try things, fail, get back up, try again, and that we all rally and help each other. And so to me, that's profound because a lot, a lot of people teach where you fall down, you fail. And it's like, well, what the hell did you do? You know, and even like if you're in your challenge and you don't show up for the challenge for a little bit, you don't chastise people, you don't, you know, you don't do anything and people can still contribute at their own pace. You do stretch them, but you don't give them a hard time for not competing and not doing what you had asked them to do. And to me, that's, that's a really wonderful thing. Thank you. I love that you say that because like a lot of people ask me, especially as I'm working on making do the thing a business, you know, they're like, what are you a coach or a mentor? And I'm like, it's, I'm not like, it's like, literally I just created this space for people to be able to like have this magic and the synergy together, you know, so they're able to do it. And so, um, I still don't know what that is, but maybe a facilitator or something, but, um, it's really about the community and the synergy of everyone in the group. That's where the magic is, you know? And so well, anyway, see, you need to you... change it. You're a do the thing coach. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> instead of just a coach, it's a do the thing coach. Yeah. 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 It's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Cause that's what you do. Because all the things that you do are coaching. Yeah. Whether you recognize that or not, but it is <laughs> yeah. um, because, you know, you're helping with mindset, you're helping with stretching goals, you're helping with even making the goals. And, and I think the, the thing that's really cool too, is that sometimes we don't even know what we need and all suddenly your challenge pops up. Well, hell, how did she know? That's what I needed, you know? So, um, so that's really good. Um, and I did want to ask one of the things that, um, speaking of the podcast and everything, the, one of the things that would be really beneficial to me as like a caveat from, you know, your do the thing podcast challenge to the next part, whether that's even doable or not is how to, get more um, followers, how to monetize, how to do. So it's like you, you got us started. Now there's a, 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 a gap between that and here and yeah. bridging that gap. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. That one in a book. Yes. That in a book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they may work together, you know? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I know we're, I know Adam's still going to come on and uh, the founder of Callcast and he's going to do something. And then we actually have another person where we scheduled it. I just haven't put it in the group yet. It's a few weeks from now and he's okay. going to talk to us about it, but yeah, maybe coming up with a, uh, either a challenge around it or like a, one of those intensives, you know, yeah. would be good too. Yeah. 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 So that's Thank really you. good. I love that feedback. That's great. It's really helpful, especially right now, since I'm in this place of turning it into a business too, and being able to help people, you know? Yeah. 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 So from now on, you'll never think about all this stuff again, without thinking about that damn spark plug, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> spark plug and the billboard. I'm going to see. That's both right. Of those. The spark yeah. plug and the billboard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, we are um, a little past time because this was so wonderful, but um, I really, really appreciate you being here today. And um 
being so open and such such a joy and sharing some of your things that you struggle with that a lot of people struggle with too. And so I, I implore everybody that's watching or listening that to check um, check um, Stacy out on Facebook for her do the thing. And, um, and I'll get all the links and stuff from you to put in the description. So when you see this or listen to this, there'll be some links that you can go and check it out because it'll be so worth your time. Um, and like I said, sometimes we don't even know that this is a challenge we need until it pops up. And then it's like, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. So, um, so I'm very grateful and I'll be sharing this on my YouTube channel as well. So um, whether you're on the um, the podcast or you're on YouTube, just make sure you do whatever it is that you need to do, like, share, comment, you know, all the things to help this grow, because that's my whole point is to help this grow so that all the people that I've interviewed can have a bigger audience for what they have to say. Not so much me, but the, so they can have so much more say and, and, and show the world who they are. The billboard. The billboard. That's it. That's all right. You'll help me build my billboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell you, this has been so much fun. This is the first interview I've done all summer. So I kind of took a break from everything um, over the summer because I was focused on the challenges. And it just reminds me how just much I love doing this. And so thanks for getting me to, to get started again and having you in the community is just absolutely, uh, unbelievable. And I know you're such a huge part in helping other people also do the thing because they're getting to see you do it, which is just the number one thing that really gets people to move is by seeing everyone else, you know, be able to do the things they want also. Yeah. And before we go, I want to tell everybody one of the things that um, right after we created our podcast and started doing interviews, I reached out, you know, said, well, when did when can I interview you? She said, well, when you've got 20 episodes, then we'll talk. And it was like, OK, so I'm counting down. All right. This interview, this interview. And finally, I got 20. It was like as soon as I got 20 on there, I messaged her. OK, 20 on the books. Now we're going to do your interview. <laughs> and that's what's so cool. That's why I did it, because I normally would have probably waited another month, you know, before I started again. And um, because you like reached the goal that you wanted, I was like, yeah, I have to do it now. And it was great because it's it's good for me, too, because it got me okay. to be on there with you. So I loved it. And that's well, what good. shows you guys like. When you have a goal and then you have something to look forward to, you reach it. And then it's exciting to be able to, to do that, you know, just to get yourself to have something in mind. Yes. Yes. It has been life-changing, um, just meeting you. So, um, thank you very much. Thank you, Vicki.